My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field, which a person finds and hides again, and out of joy goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls. When he finds a pearl of great price, he goes and sells all that he has and buys it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net thrown into the sea which collects fish of every kind. When it is full, they haul it ashore and sit down to put what is good into buckets What is bad, they throw away. Thus it will be at the end of the age. The angels will go out and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Do you understand all these things? They answered, yes. And he replied, then every scribe who has been instructed in the kingdom of heaven is like the head of a household who brings from his storeroom both the new and the old. The Gospel of the Lord. In the advertising world, it's rare that a marketing campaign would continue for many years, let alone decades. Yet the tagline, there's some things in life that money can't buy, for everything else there's MasterCard. Part of their priceless campaign has been around since 1997. You're probably familiar with the concept. The, uh, commercial will itemize a list of things that people spend money on and present it under the umbrella of why people are spending this money, why it's worth the cost. One marketing analyst recently observed, before there was such a thing as viral campaigns and internet memes, people were holding up placards at baseball games, listing the prices of various objects, ending with the word priceless to emulate the company's marketing campaign. And all this was done intentionally. By the mid-1990s, when the economy was, was roaring along and people were spending in more and more extravagant ways, credit cards got associated with greed and with excess. And then they had some high-profile cases where people were really overextending to such a degree that they found themselves in really messy financial situations. So all those bad experiences resulted in a lot of negative stories and bad publicity. So advertising executives were tasked with trying to, to rebrand or market credit cards in, in a positive light. So these marketing geniuses came up with the strategy which they called the what matters umbrella, claiming that there's a valid, greater reason, even a noble purpose that people need to spend this money, even if it's expensive, even for something that is way out of their means, for something else that's priceless. So an ad would go like, 
Tickets to Yankee Stadium, $80. Souvenir t-shirt, $25. Hot dog, $8. Taking your son to his first baseball game, priceless. It's been so successful an advertising campaign that not only has it continued for 23 years here in the United States, it's spread to over 100 countries in over 40 different languages. It seems almost a universal understanding that there are some things that money can't buy, that there are priceless things out there. What are those priceless things for us? Pretty quickly, we'd probably rattle off the list of family or friends, or especially this year, health. If we were to take a poll of all of us here, most likely our faith would make it to the list, perhaps out of obligation, perhaps out of some level that we do really believe that that's true. But in today's gospel, Jesus is asking us, is it really? Is he priceless to us? Those short parables at the beginning of that gospel about, about the treasure, the pearl of great price, all amplify the importance of desiring, of longing, of doing anything and everything to go after that of which is greater importance. Is he someone we see? Is what Jesus is offering us, namely eternal life, something we desire? Is that priceless to us? Are we willing to pay whatever the cost it is to achieve it? A few years ago, I was at this Catholic conference and this speaker was sharing the story. A woman had been a religious education director in her parish for over 30 years. She had worked tirelessly in her, her parish preparing kids for First Communion, for confirmation, supervising all the other grades, whether it was in the CCD classes or in the parish elementary school, monitoring the books that were used, checking the tests that were given, checking the attendance reports. And as she completed her 25th year in this work, she said she had felt completely burnt out. She was busy, she was tired, she was working hard, but she said it seemed year after year was just flowing one year into another. There were a lot of kids in CCD, but few at Mass. The parish school was getting smaller and smaller, and fears that it would close were becoming more and more real. The parish itself seemed stuck. So she had gone to this conference that was sponsored by this group called Renewal Ministries. And the goal of Renewal, <clears throat> Renewal Ministries is to help Catholics discover or recover an appreciation of the love that Jesus Christ has for them individually with the goal that once they've met Jesus or come to know him more intimately and more personally, the response is that people want to grow in holiness themselves. After this conference, this one particular religious ed professional said, she came to this earth-shattering realization. She went up to one of the presenters who she had been listening to all weekend and she said that she felt that after 25 years of service, she didn't believe that she had ever brought a single person into relationship with Jesus Christ. Imagine that. There's a part of us that 
wants to dismiss that saying that she's just being hypercritical of herself. But she felt she was being brutally honest saying that she knew the kids looked really cute at their first communion, that the young and men went, behaved appropriately at their confirmation, did their service projects, that all the class attendance sheets and religious ed books were all accounted for. But for her, when she heard this gospel presented to her anew, when she heard the story afresh of how Jesus Christ has this personal, intimate love for her, that were she the only person to have ever lived in the whole world, that Jesus would still accept the passion, the cross, the death, for her, that that's how much God loved her. That she realized that she and all those who were in her parish had lost sight of what was essential in the faith. And in the process, they had taken all these other really beautiful and important things of our faith, but in a sense, made them empty. So she went back to her parish and with her pastor and her bishop's approval, they simply asked over and over again, is Jesus Christ the Lord of my life? Is he the Lord of this classroom? Is he the Lord of this parish group? Is he the Lord of this school? And if he wasn't, then they made him such or they got rid of it. And within five years, the parish was transformed. The school went from nearly closing to having a waiting list. The parish was thriving in every way imaginable. The point is, when we find the treasure, when we find the pearl of great price, when we truly believe what we say we believe, and realize that nothing else compares to it, nothing else matters, even remotely in importance, then we start to, to see and experience the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in the lives of those around us. That one woman felt convicted in her heart that Jesus wasn't the Lord of her life or of her parish, so she made it such. She might have ever doubted that she brought people to Christ before, but ever since, Jesus had changed her and many other people's lives. I know personally how difficult that can be. For, for me, these past 21 years of priesthood have gone very quickly. And the ways that maybe I've diminished Jesus in thought, word, or deed, or lack of thought, word, or deed. Well, those are reasons I find myself in confession so often. How often have I not spoken up or defended my faith because I was afraid someone might be offended? How many opportunities have I passed on being a witness to my faith because I worried how others might perceive me? In each of these different circumstances, on some level I said, my ego or my fear, or whatever was more valuable than my faith in Jesus. And I know I don't want to keep doing that anymore, and hopefully none of us do. And that's the point. We have to want it. We have to want to change our vision, recognizing what Jesus is offering us is what matters most. We have to realize that it's not going to cost us a little. <laughs> It's not something we can put on our MasterCard and just put off paying for months and months and months. It's going to cost a lot. Our reputations, our pride, our ego. It might even cost us some friendships and relationships. And definitely from being comfortable. In fact, it's going to cost us our whole lives. 
But it's worth the cost. Because in the end, encountering and being in relationship with Jesus Christ, being counted among members of the kingdom of God, is in fact the definition of priceless.